0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Utah Royals FC show. I'm your host today, Lucas Muller. Uh, Vircho is away. uh, It's his four year anniversary with his girlfriend. So uh, he decided to step back tonight. He also just got two adorable kittens uh, that they adopted. So probably dealing with those. Um, But yeah, I'm joined today by RJ Allen and Megan Webb. RJ and Megan, how are you guys today?
1: I'm doing pretty good. It's Monday. We get to talk soccer.
2: What could be better? Yeah, I mean, it's Monday and I'm out of high school forever now, so I'm doing great. It's been a pretty good day and excited to talk about this result in North Carolina.
0: Yeah, uh, it's Megan, of course, congratulations on graduating. Uh, thank you. Thank you. It is kind of funny to think like, oh, we no longer have a high schooler on in our in our roster.
2: Yep, future Dixie State University student.
0: <laughs> Go Dixie <laughs>
2: <laughs> you're like that don't Saint, know anything about them cedar
0: but. Cedar City,
2: St George, St George, okay, but all the right. way down south, still yeah, what's your team mascot? They are the Trailblazers, technically, they like, kinda are bison, also it's a whole weird thing, but one of those
0: like the Portland Trailblazers,
2: yes, actually,
0: that would be funny if that if that was their whole name, Dixie State <laughs> Portland Trailblazers,
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly, we just you know. Just get that copyright infringement, you know, or probably more of a trademark infringement, but. Red, white, and blue for
1: colors. I don't know where you're going to find anything that goes with that. (laughs) Yeah, I don't own any red
2: whatsoever, you know.
0: Well, um, so before we discuss this weekend's match, let's just go over some recent news. Um, First up, as Utah Royals FC now have an official reserve team, Um, they have played two games already. Uh, and they play in the MPSL League. Um, so their first game uh, was here in, in Harriman at the stadium. Um, I didn't see a lot of coverage uh, about this leading up to to the game. Did either of you see any of the game or, or hear much about it?
2: Um, all I saw was what Ryan, I believe, it might have been Ryan or Virgo, I'm not sure, but one of them went down and that's pretty much all I saw is their coverage on it on the Royals show account. So
0: rj you're out of state did you did you hear much about this did you see i mean i know they had a press release i think the day of the game
1: if i did not know you all and i did not have access to the slack where you guys were talking about this i would not know this team existed
0: (laughs) okay yeah it was a little um a little quiet on the on the start for the team um but, yeah, Ryan Kelly, who is one of the co-founders of this very show, um, he went down to the um, the academy to watch it, and I really appreciated that he live-tweeted it. I really wanted to get out there, uh, but this week has been crazy with House Project, so um wasn't able to make it. But they they won their first game 2-0 uh, through goals from uh, Cordoza and Tucker, um, 75th and 55th minutes, so... That was great that they got a win um, at home. Uh, they have a really great staff. Um, Amy Lapelbit, who is an assistant for Utah Royals, former national team player and all around legend um, is the head coach. Um, and the coaching staff includes Nicole Barnhart, who is um, the goalkeeper coach and a few others who are involved with the, the first team. Um, so that's really exciting. And I think, Um, yeah, I think it's, it's really great that the Royals have something like this. Uh, RJ, I I would love to hear your perspective. Like what's the value add here, having a reserve team for the Royals?
1: So I think there's a couple of ads that this could be really good for. Um, I'll start with sort of the, the one I find the most interesting just because I don't have a lot of second team or second level soccer experience is this is a great way for People like Amy LaPelbet and Nicole Barnhart and Liz Bogus and uh, Colette Smith to get experience before possibly taking a head coaching job in the NWSL. Um, Lisa LaPelbet is an assistant coach for Laura Harvey, which is going to get her a long way, but actually, head coaching a team, even at, at this level, I think is a really big and important thing for her to sort of be able to go forward and to be able to put that on a resume the fact that she did head coach a team. I'd like to see more teams in the NWSL have reserves. I know. Seattle has their system. Um, Portland, I believe, has a system. I'm not sure about Houston and Orlando, to be honest. I don't think North Carolina does. I know Washington has like four teams or at least two. Um, So I think this is a great way Mm -hmm. to sort of train coaches and train former players into actually coaching teams. And then for the players, I think this is good. I think I would like there to be more of a system where like, say, you know, Say Taylor Ladle's injury wasn't season ending and she needed some rehab, be able to send them down sort of, yes, I always go back to baseball because it's the sport that I grew up on, but like send them down to like a triple A, send them down to this reserve team, get a couple games under their belt so they know they can come up and then be able to come up. I'd like eventually that one day.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's what that's what we see with uh, Real Salt Lake and, and the Monarchs is that sort of system where you know, first team player gets injured, they can go down, uh, you know, a second team player is doing well, if there's injuries, they can come up or they might get signed the next season. Yeah,
1: it would, I think it would be nice. I just don't think that the NWSL has that infrastructure, unfortunately, as of now.
0: Yeah. And the NPSL, unfortunately, is only a 10 game season. Um, and so this team will be done playing for 2019 by the end of June, um, so there's a very real possibility that – not a real possibility. They will probably be done before a lot of the national team players um, rejoin their, their NWSL clubs.
1: Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. But the second division in the U.S., there needs to be a little bit more cohesion there. I know there are two different leagues. One league is literally giant. It's got like 200 teams in it. The other one is a lot smaller. I'd like to see eventually a little more cohesion to sort of have a more proper and useful second division so we can start to grow having those academies, having that second team, having that partnership the way that you know Salt Lake and the Monarchs have. I I, I do think that has a lot of benefit. I just don't think unfortunately we're there right now.
0: Yeah. And what is kind of exciting about uh, the WPSL is there are two or three um, teams in the Mountain Conference, which is uh, the Royal Reserves Conference, um, in the Salt Lake area. So it's a short season, but there's actually a chance to have sort of like a local derby. And um, that's just something I, I think would be so fun to be a part of. And unless... You in the U.S. are like an MLS fan living in L.A. or New York like that doesn't exist. Um, so, yeah, I think there's, you know, there's a lot of potential here. Um, Megan, do you think you'll make it out to to any games this season?
2: Um, I'm hoping to. I was had something until like 20 minutes before the game ended on Friday or I probably would have been there. But I was looking at the schedule and they don't conflict very often with any of the other million and a half soccer teams we have in Utah. So hopefully that's the goal. And if I do go, I'll be sure on the Utah Royals FC show Twitter to tweet about them.
0: Yeah, that would be great. Um, They did have one more game since that opening. They had one on um, Saturday. Uh, They won one zero away to Utah red devils. I'm not sure where they play, but they are somewhere I believe in the Valley here. Um,
2: Yeah. I know a few are at some like local high schools and then, there's a few at the academy obviously. I was when I was looking at the locations. Yeah. I'm not sure where that specific game was, but when they play in Utah they seem to just be at schools around the valley.
0: Um cool. Well, anything else we want to discuss uh related to the Reserves team?
2: Go Amy LaPellet.
1: I'm yeah. I'm a big fan of her from her national team and her her KC days. She was she had the Justin Bieber hair when she was a player, but <laughs> it was always sort of perfect. She it was the best.
0: I know. I, I do really want to talk to her at some point and just kind of ask her, because she landed in Utah prior to the Royals being announced. She was a coach for one of the local club teams here, and I'd just be really curious to hear about, about that journey and sort of how things are going with the reserves.
1: Yeah, she would be a great interview.
0: Cool. Well, um, next up on the docket, uh, Rachel Daly had gotten a uh, a red card at the end of um the Royals-Houston game last weekend. Um, and it sounds like that has been, she's been given an additional one game ban on top of the one game that she suspension that she would already receive with that red card. Um, what was, uh, what are your guys' thoughts on that punishment for, you know, the foul uh, during that game?
2: Um, yeah, I was at this one and I barely even realized what happened. I've heard a lot of things that supposedly happened after the fact that I'm not mad about the suspension. Obviously, Especially in the NWSL, you don't see a lot of red card and suspension, especially an additional suspension after the fact. So I think it's good on the NWSL if all these things that we've heard are hearing have happened are true, then like good on them to do something about it. But obviously I wasn't on the field and I didn't really see anything happen in person. The replays look incriminating and supposedly the things said to the referees and things done after the fact that seem like this seems like a fair punishment to me. But what are your thoughts, RJ? So
1: I'm sort of of two minds on this. On one side, I think that the disco probably made the correct decision. On the other hand, I wish there was some more consistency of... Okay, you've gotten a red card. What can you do? What can't you do? I'm like, there's just nothing public that sort of explains why these things. We don't know who's on the committee. We don't know. Like, it's just such an opaque box that that part is frustrating. There's people who get cards and then act like complete fools, and there's nothing, you know, daily does one or two things that people may or may not like, and she gets it. So I just wish there was more consistency and there was more of a way to understand how things work. Um but overall am I do I have a giant problem with her getting an extra game? Not really. I'm sorry to Houston, but you know, you've you've done fine.
0: Um no not really. I was uh uh taking pictures during this game so I um I didn't really see the foul. I didn't see I, I basically saw when she was walking off and that was it from from where I was in the side of the field. Um and I just I never got a chance to rewatch this one so I will defer to your, your guys' judgment on that. Um, next thing, uh, Corsi is out now. Uh, she is officially away with uh, the Scotland Women's National Team. Um, so, the yeah, the game we had on um, Saturday was the last time, or excuse me, Sunday, yesterday, um, <laughs> was the last time we're going to see her in a, a Royal shirt uh, pre-World Cup. So, um, yeah, best of luck to her. It's really exciting. If you haven't listen to the rethink podcast um really would encourage you to do so the last episode super interesting her and tim rack go into a lot of detail on they basically preview the world cup and i've just never heard heard such an in-depth preview from a player who is playing in that world cup um so it's a lot of fun and a lot of good insight and it's it's cool to hear um what that means to to Rachel. She's a great player. She's been a huge asset. Um, I got to speak to her on Friday and it was really fun to kind of hear her talk about, yeah, just kind of the pride she has in playing for her national team. And just, um, she said in the podcast, like it wasn't ever a dream of hers to play in a world cup because that seems so far out of the reach of, of what was even possible. Um, and she's been a football fan her whole life. So I think it's, yeah, really special to see her, um, with her national team.
1: I cannot wait to watch Laura Harvey watch this game. Like, as as an a proud English woman, I cannot wait for her to watch this game. And her and Rachel Corsi are close. She's coached her since 2014, both in Seattle and in Utah. They're 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 buddies. So I cannot wait to watch uh, Harvey because you know that she's going to be amusing, if nothing else. And this is a huge game for Scotland. If they can draw They have a shot of going second and getting out of the league. I'm sorry, getting out of the group cleanly and not having to worry about that third place. So I am super pumped uh, about the England game and about Corsi.
2: So what you're saying is we should ask RSL and Royals media team to get a live Harvey. Exactly. I was going to say we need a
0: Harvey Cam for this game. Absolutely.
2: Please just mic her up as a tweet and see if we can make it happen. I'll
0: reach out to my contacts.
2: Okay, do that. (laughs) Reach out to your contacts.
0: Uh... Yeah.
2: If we named
1: podcasts, I think this would have to be episode "Reach Out to Our Contacts." Yes,
0: we've got them. We know all the right people, guys.
1: Yep. Well, we know all the Megans. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep. Uh,
2: and I'd be the least important one of them, but it's fine. Welcome to do that.
0: Um, all right. Well, we did get to see some uh, national team soccer recently. Um, U.S. Women's National Team took on. Um, uh, New Zealand. It was a match that featured four Utah Royals players: and Kelly O'Hara, Becky Sauerbrand, Kristen Press, and of course Bowen. Um, uh, Megan, what did you see in, the, in that game from the, you know, from all players really?
2: I'm a bad US Women's National Team fan, and I was working <gasps> during it because oh, no. they have only played games on Tuesdays and Thursdays this year. I swear. I work three days a week, and they have all fallen on US Women's National Team Game Day. So I'm a bad WNT fan right now. And we'll have to defer that question to RJ as I'm hoping she was able to catch it.
0: RJ, what did you see? Assuming you watched.
2: (laughs) I watched every second of it. um, Because
1: that's the kind of person I am. This is why RJ is better than me, guys. (laughs) So fun fact, I will be taking time off of work. Uh, using my vacation time for the U.S. group games because I work until four fifteen and I have an hour and a half drive home, and the games are at three o'clock. Um, and that math just doesn't work for me. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So I'm I'm a little crazy when it comes to the U.S. Women's National Team. I'm a little crazy, so it's okay. <laughs> Anyway, uh Kelly Ohara looked good. Like she played 60 minutes, she looked a lot more like the Kelly Ohara that we see when Kelly Ohara is at her best. She was pushing up, she was making pretty good decisions. It wasn't perfect, but it was a lot closer to the Kelly Ohara that the US Women's team frankly needs. In France, Kelly O'Hara is not like the rookie anymore or the just the firecracker she was in 2015. Like she's legitimately a key player that if they do not play well, the U.S. won't win. Um, So seeing her get back was really nice. Becky Sauerbrunn looked really good. I mean, she usually does. It's not like it's a, a unusual thing now. I am one of the least fans of Kristen Press as a winger, I think you will find. I think it's a complete misuse of her talents. Um, But I will say over the last probably five months, she seems a lot more comfortable on the wing than she has before, or at least being a little wider in sort of the middle, um, which is an interesting way of maybe her just mentally being like, well, I'm sort of in the middle, I'm just more to the side of the middle. Um, but she seems more comfortable. And her assist really sort of showed her comfortability on that side. And well, I think she probably should be starting, it's one of those, well, who doesn't start if she starts? But, you know, 60th minute or something, 20 minutes left in the game, you got Kristen Press with fresh legs, that's never a bad thing to pull off your bench. Um I I'm a big fan of that. Uh I also thought Bowen played well. Um she's got to play well for New Zealand. Frankly, she's also one of their key players, but overall I thought it was a pretty good game.
0: Yeah, it was I really enjoyed it. Like it, it was fun. I think I mean any game where your national team scores 5 goals is always going to be an entertaining watch. Um the only part of me that felt sad was seeing, you know, Bowen out there and her team more or less getting destroyed pretty pretty handedly by the U.S. Um, but yeah, I, I thought you know Becky was solid, Kelly was solid. Um, I thought Press did a great job when she came on. Like it's really nice to see her. She's it feels like she's gotten a ton of assists lately, and that's you know
1: mm-hmm.
0: that that bodes well. I think that I think the, you know from what I'm seeing pre World Cup, it seems like the national team is doing doing some good things. I think there are still some concerns, but uh yeah, it's also fun to see um yeah, you know, Lloyd come on and get uh get a goal just immediately. It's kind of absurd.
1: Well one thing with press that I think is interesting is In Utah, the games that we saw before she left, Harvey had her playing a very sort of you-go-wherever-you-feel-like-you-need-to-go style. Mm -hmm. You know, she was back. She was to the side. She was to the other side. She was sort of everywhere. And I wonder if sort of she's whatever sort of mental block she's had of trying to be that center forward is sort of eased off a little bit. She sort of let herself just be who she's going to be at this point in her career. You know, she's went back to Europe for a little bit because she didn't want to play in Houston. She's come to a team that she seems to really enjoy. The coach sort of really respects the way she plays the game. I wonder if sort of Utah has allowed her to relax that little bit and it's changed the way she's seeing the game because she looks probably as good as I've ever seen her look in a national team jersey. Like she is. She's, she's doing things that I don't think two or three years ago you could have expected her to do with the consistency she's done it with.
0: Yeah, that's exciting. Well, um, moving on to probably our main topic of discussion tonight, um, Utah Royals got a point on the road away to um, North Carolina Courage. They sit in second place in the NWCL standings, ten points from five games. Why does this result feel like a disappointment? Let me phrase it this way: What's more disappointing, this result or the Game of Thrones finale? The
1: Game of Thrones finale. I was prepared. <laughs> To so mentally just check out. I, as one of the podcasts I listened to said, I declared fan, fan bankruptcy weeks ago. <laughs> um, I had no expectations, and there was one cool shot of the dragon behind uh, Daenerys. So, this game, like, I was disappointed that Utah couldn't hold on. If you're only going to score one goal, you have to be locked down on defense, and they were not. Locked down on defense. Um, They were for most of the game. I thought Rachel Corsi uh, had some beautiful tackles on Lynn Williams that were incredibly clean and they had to be. Um, I just it was a frustration to me to see a team every time they score a goal, they have a dip it's a dip in energy yeah. or a dip in drive or a dip in just everything. It seems like they score a goal and they just it's frustrating. That to me is incredibly frustrating because of the talent on this team.
0: Yeah, well, let's talk about that. Why is it Utah Royals cannot score more than one goal? They scored one goal in every game and not 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 less than that, not more than that. Um Megan, what are your thoughts on yeah, the the difficulties in getting that second goal.
2: Yeah, I was actually going to mention that is we look at our defense right now and we're about to lose Rachel. Well, we we don't have Rachel Corsi anymore. She's with the national team. So knowing our defense is going to just be weaker than it has been. Obviously, we started out the season with Becky and Corsi. Can't ask for a better center back pairing. And then now you have Sam Johnson and Corsi. And the next week you have Sam Johnson and whoever Laura decides to put alongside her. It scares me a little bit to know there's not like there's not more goals being scored. I was really hoping this week to see a multi-goal game and to know that especially this week, Rich Ray- or Amy Rodriguez is the only one to even have a shot, it's a little nerve wracking going into next week. Granted, we're playing Orlando, not exactly the best defensive team, but I'm a little nervous to see how Utah's goal scoring woes go away or hopefully get better. To
0: to be fair, Orlando is also not the best attacking team.
2: That's true. So hopefully we'll be okay next week, but (laughs) I'm a little worried. Yeah, I do worry.
1: Like Vero has been really good in the midfield, but it seems like she's on such a different page than everybody else in the midfield in the attackers that it almost is a waste of really good play. Like I love watching her on the ball and then it just, doesn't go anywhere
0: yeah it feels really desperate like desperate attacking um yes it doesn't feel like calm play vero does a great job i think of you know holding onto the ball keeping it at her feet but like you know like stangle there were a couple moments where she was trying to hold onto the ball and just lost it pretty quickly or made a pass right to a carolina player um and it just yeah it feels like i was surprised to see the pack passing accuracy is high as like, I think it was like 68%. Um, Cause it felt like the passing especially was off because Vera would do some really smart passes, but then no one's making that run or it's just a little bit out of reach for Amy. Um, what, yeah. What does it take to get, to get that dialed in? Is it just a familiarity thing? Is it, you know, there's been change in personnel and we were going to see change for most of the year.
1: I do wonder, so presumably, hopefully, we're sort of maybe done with players coming in and out. I think once the team stabilizes and it's just, okay, we we're losing, you know, quote, our best of the best players, we're losing O'Hara and Press and Sauerbrunn and Scott and Corsi and Bowen. Like, all right, guys, this is just this is the team we have. If maybe people will settle in, like Scott is not coming back and bossing that midfield for five or six games. Like press is not going to come back and save you guys with, you know, a crazy shot from 30 yards out. You know, we have three players, I think on the season ending injury list, they're not coming back.
0: Well, let's talk about those first 10 minutes because that to me felt like a different game than the, the remaining 80 in a lot of ways. Um, Mm -hmm. Utah Royals had two shots on the night. One was, um, Amy's goal. The second was that shot in like the first or second minute that, you know, hit the top of the net, um like came down just a little bit past the the goal line, um and then no other shots the entire night. Like that first 10 minutes, um felt com- clean, composed. They score a goal and then it switches. Is that is that a switching off of of Utah? Is that North Carolina knowing they have to turn it on, they're at home, they're a good team. Um, what do you think causes that that change in the style of play so much?
2: I don't even know how to answer that question. It was frustrating to watch. That's probably the best I can give you on it. Is There's no reason this Utah team should have shut down like they did. They looked arguably some of the best you've seen all season in the first 10 minutes of that game they score their goal and it's just like everything was gone and I don't I don't know if it's a coaching thing I don't know if it's a they're like well we've scored Mm -hmm. our goal we're done for the night and they just don't think they're capable of scoring a second goal I don't know but I feel like I saw two completely different teams in the first 10 minutes and the last 80 minutes and that's not Mm -hmm. what I want to say
1: (laughs) it feels almost like you know sort of like stage fright like it's Obviously not the same thing, but it almost feels like stage fright. Like they score a goal and then they like are realize that everybody can see their underwear. Like it's like Uh that mental thing of like they score the goal and then they freeze up. They're they're not playing crisp passes. They're not they're not playing well. Like even every time they've scored a goal, like they've played well up until that goal, gotten that goal, and then had a giant dip. Like, whenever time they score that goal. So it's not like, oh, yeah, the first 15, 20 minutes of a game, they're great, and then they dip. It's they're good or really good. They score a goal, and then they're not. It's it's a phenomenon that I don't know how to quantify. I've never quite seen anything like it.
0: Yeah, it certainly is odd. Um, I mean, one moment that, that stands out to me is ninth minute. Bowen had a really bad throw-in. She had, like, plenty of time, a few options, and she throws it just directly to a Courage player who then plays in Lynn Williams, who is essentially in on goal. And part of that was Johnson was tracking her and then just went the other way and then started to cut back to try to catch up. But it was like the most bizarre thing of Johnson was with her. Johnson drifted out to her right and – you know, um, of course, he didn't have the time or space to really catch up either, uh, and the Royals were incredibly lucky that really uh, Williams did not have a good shot. Like she put it wide when she should have put that in frame. Barney was coming out, and that was really good from her, but it seemed like a couple of key mistakes that were kind of indicative on the confidence of the night of just not really sure what you're doing and the choices that were made were not really the most effective
1: so there's that old saying of like play like you've been here before and it seems like they don't once they score it's like they've forgotten they've ever played soccer before and it <laughs> it's so bizarre it like it's so bizarre cuz these are not sort of i mean there are some younger players there are a couple rookies but, like, Amy Rodriguez has two Olympic gold medals, a World Cup title, and is the most prolific goal scorer in the playoffs in NWSL history. She knows how to score a goal. Like, and she just, she scores one or somebody else does, and then it's just like, okay, I'm going to make bizarre shot choices. <laughs> it, I don't know, I don't know why, like, Vero is Vero. She has stadiums named after her in Spain. Like, they, there's a bunch of players who know what they're doing, and it's like... You guys ever see a Space Jam? You know the they like suck the players' talents out to give oh, them to yeah. the aliens. Yes. Like maybe after they score a goal, mm-hmm. they've sucked the players' talents out and given them to aliens, and there is now a soccer game instead of a basketball game.
0: That's that is certainly one working theory. <laughs>
2: That's exactly what it is. I, we cracked the we cracked yeah. the see? case. There's no other other <laughs> potential answer, really. Yeah. <laughs> Laura Harvey's just a Space Jam fan. That's all that it is. I'm just kidding. If Laura's listening to this, I don't actually think (laughs) that. I mean,
1: Space Jam is a legit movie.
0: Oh, that's a great movie. I watched it probably two or three years ago now. Holds up. Holds up really well. What did you you think of uh, Sam Johnson's play through that first half?
2: You want to take it, RJ? It it was bad.
1: Um, (laughs) Look, Sam Johnson is in an unwinnable position. Sam Johnson is a pretty good soccer player. Like She is, if on any other team, she would be second best center back they have. Mm-hmm. She happens to be on a team with Becky Sauerbrunn and Rachel Corsi. Like, the comparison is going to be drawn to the two players that should be starting, if not for the World Cup. So I think that the comparisons sort of don't put her at a fair level. And I think her play hasn't sort of endeared her to many. I think she's playing too aggressive at times, not aggressive enough at times. Her decision making isn't great. Like Lucas was saying, she was on somebody and then she just wasn't. Um, It just seems like she doesn't have sort of the quality that she has had in the past. And I don't know if it's a mental thing. I don't know if she's carrying an injury we don't know about. I don't know. But it's definitely a worry for me as you know everybody's sort of gone for the world cup and she's one of the more senior people on that back line
0: did you guys hear why she was subbed out at the half and vincent brought in i i wasn't sure if that was because she had gone down and yeah it looked hurt for a minute and i think the 29th minute but um if that was yeah an injury concern or if that was just needed someone else in that spot.
1: I didn't hear anything on the broadcast or anything else about it.
2: Yeah. I don't know. I've heard some people around Twitter thinking it was an injury, but I haven't heard anything confirmed on whether or not that is the reason.
0: Yeah. Because in the 29th minute, she slipped or something and went down and she waved off trainers coming on. They did a water break and she stayed on for the rest of the half. But I guess I would be curious to hear and maybe I can get down to training this week and, ask harvey if what what the decision was there because johnson has to step up uh i don't know what what the team does if she you know if she's actually injured or if it's you know they they don't feel like they can rely on her
2: does becky sowerburn have a twin i don't think so but we can work on cloning doesn't
1: megan rapinoe have a twin she does. Rachel, uh, she tore her ACL at Portland or thereabouts. She played in Europe for a little while. Oh. She was an attacker though.
0: Ah, uh, that's too bad. I mean, mm. yeah. Dang it. Um, well, on some more positive, uh, a more positive note, um, Becca Morris back on the team played, uh, 70 something minutes. What did you guys, uh, RJ, we'll start with you. What did you think of, of having her back on the field?
1: I think that Becca Moros is sort of a, a comparable to a lot to Kelly O'Hara. I think they have sort of that same grit, that same like, I will get you, I will put you down as cleanly as possible, uh, sometimes not as cleanly as possible, and then I will take the ball. Um, and I think she is somebody they need because she is somebody who, she's had a lot of experience in the league, and she's tough, and she's physical, and she will sort of dog you all game. And I think that is definitely something that they're going to need. I I think the rookies have done well. I think May Moans has done quite well, um, but she's still new and she's still going to have those rookie growing pains. I think Becca Moros is a hugely important player, especially during the world cup break, but even, you know, just as a player on this team, it also helps that she has a really good first name. And that's the name I go through in like my personal life when I'm not doing soccer. <sighs>
0: no bias there
2: none at all yeah i'm i'm excited to have her back i think i was impressed she played as many minutes as she did i really thought she would sub out a little earlier coming back from her injury but that proves that maybe next week she's ready to go 80 or 90 minutes and then hopefully can be back full time starting but like you said her her veteran presence is going to be important for this team because Throughout this World Cup break, you're losing so many of the other veterans on the team. You're relying a lot on the young the younger girls. For these for them to have somebody like Becca Morris who's been in a pro for so long, it, it's gonna be huge to have her, even if she's not back to her hundred percent quite yet.
1: Would you guys like to know who had the most fouls during this game for the Utah Royals? Because it tickles me a little bit. Amy. Go for it. Amy Rodriguez. <laughs> yeah. Amy Rodriguez fouled three times bunch of players with two but a rod had the most she actually had the most for the whole game good for her nice go amy (laughs) didn't she get a yellow too she did Am i making that up okay i was like right yeah she got the persistent
2: infringement like i told you to behave
0: (laughs) i kind of love Mm. that
2: uh i do too i love persistent infringement yellows mm -hmm. i think they're funny they're great
0: um so vincent you know made her debut uh came in um, for Johnson. Um, Megan, what did you think of her performance as a, as a center back?
2: I think coming into a tough spot, she did pretty good. I wasn't, it wasn't necessarily the greatest performance, but I don't think anybody had their greatest performance in this one um, play and a half in your debut. And, you know, obviously it would have been nice to keep her shut out, but, or, well not her shutout specifically, but you know, a shutout in, as a whole, but I wasn't, I wasn't, like super ecstatic, but I wasn't disappointed either. I guess it could have been better, could have been worse, you know.
0: Um, so we had a listener write in. Let me grab the quote. Um, John wrote, "Um, while wow, Gabby Vincent coming in on defense was impressive, something I wasn't expecting for a much needed defensive uh, scheme. Hard to believe she came from uh, came to Utah undrafted, which is really impressive." Um, Laura Harvey had a quote about her. Uh, after the game of people ask, you know, essentially people ask why the Royals do um do open tryouts and uh Gabby is why because she was undrafted, she came, she tried out and has done done really well with the team. Um at least, you know, in training. And I thought she was I thought she was pretty good on the night. I don't think anyone covered themselves in glory in this game. Um but looking at that uh at the Courage's goal, I I don't think she was really at fault there. Um, RJ, did you have any thoughts on her performance?
1: I think that Gabby Vincent is somebody that Laura Harvey sort of sees in a way that a lot of coaches might not necessarily see. Laura Harvey's a great talent evaluator. In a different life, she would have made an amazing talent scout um, for a national team, knock knock. (laughs) Um, But... Yeah, I think Laura Harvey is a great talent evaluator, so if Laura Harvey is saying this is somebody I want around, I am gonna listen to that.
0: Um Well we did see uh, you know, two other newcomers to the team, Doniak and Weber, um get some minutes. Uh Doniak came on for Morris in the seventy third minute, um Weber on for Laddish in the eighty second minute. Did did anything from either of those players stand out to either of you?
2: To be determined for yeah. me. I, I would like to see more minutes from both of them. But I think we probably will this summer, so we'll find out how, how they do. I
1: do think Weber has a chance to be somebody who might not score a lot, but she's gonna like you have to defend her, so she might open up some space for Amy.
0: Yeah, what was kind of crazy about her is she had she only had six touches the entire night. Um granted she was on for about ten minutes, but that doesn't speak very well of the um, the attacking mindset of the team during that game. I don't know if either of you has, has had a chance to look at the heat map, but I spent probably way too much time messing around with the heat map on uh, the NWSL website. Um, and it is crazy that when you look at the whole team's heat map, how much of it is in the defensive third. Like, Vero had a ton of time at almost a left-back role. A-Rod was... Was all over, which was good to see, but Stengel was the only player that looked like they spent more time in the attacking half than the defensive half. Um, Gunny, for example, was super deep. Like you could look at her heat map and think, this is a center back. Um, granted, I think she was trying to play more of that uh, defensive midfielder role, but, you know, I think it's just kind of a statistical proof that Utah felt like they were under the gun this game because they were playing so deep and just trying to be defensive. Um, and they, to their credit, they absorbed a lot of pressure, but we should talk about the one goal, um, from, uh, the courage. Um, RJ, what do you, what do you feel like went wrong to allow that goal?
1: Oh, what didn't <laughs> go wrong to allow that goal? Um, I think one of the hard parts about having sort of, People leaving is that communication and that sort of like, I'm not going to say anything to you. I'm just going to look at you and you know what I'm about to do sort of goes out the window. Um, And I think that for this goal, what I saw of it is just people didn't have that sort of instant communication of you go here, I'll go here and it'll be fine. It seemed like they just they needed one or two more seconds to be able to organize Uh themselves. And it just didn't um, come up for them. So. I, I think it was an unfortunate goal. I think, you know, if they had more practice time together, I hope that, you know, those little communication worries will get sort of gone away, but I, I do worry about the communication and just that familiarity going forward.
0: Yeah. I mean, especially when you remove a Sauerbrunn and a Corsi who are excellent communicators in the back line, that that's going to be, that's going to be hard. I took a screenshot of the ball that uh, the courage played in. Um, and it's basically a three V two situation and Corsi is like inches away from clearing that ball with her head. Um, and if she's able to do that, it would become almost a non-issue, but it just barely, I don't know if she mistimes times jump or if it's higher than she's anticipating, but you know, it falls right to the feet of, I think Williams, um, and then it's like at that point you basically have two like a three almost almost like a 3v1 situation you're pretty open in on goal and there's a lot of defenders on the left side and not enough coverage and yeah I mean if I was a courage fan I would probably feel frustrated that they didn't get more goals but this to me would feel like an excellent like they executed it excellently
2: this is where we throw out the Nicole Barnhart appreciation. Just plug how incredible she is in goal.
0: Yeah. it's It does speak to her quality that, you know, they had 18 shots and she only allowed one goal. And honestly, in that situation, it's hard to do, do anything better than what she did.
2: Yeah. Nicole Barnhart kind of, I feel like, in some regards, saved Utah a little bit in this one. Is, she made some saves that were absolutely incredible.
1: I believe we have found the fountain of youth. It is attached to Nicole Barnhart's water (laughs) system.
0: Well, on that note, uh, let's look ahead to next weekend. Um, Utah Royals uh, host Orlando Pride. Um, The Pride are just really not doing so great. They have one point from six games. They have five losses and a draw. Um, Megan... Do we see uh a, a, do we see three points at home this weekend?
2: We better <laughs> if we don't see three points at home this weekend, I think we need to take a long hard look in the mirror because Orlando has one draw on the season that's if we're if Utah is sitting in i i think third second. right now second third somewhere like that can't beat orlando at home that's that's pretty scary to look at that. Uh, that's a pretty bad loss to take.
0: So RJ, if you could play devil's advocate, why would you say this game could be a risk for, for Utah?
1: Well, um, there's always the possibility of a Sam Johnson red card. Um, so there's that option. True. <laughs> um, and honestly, like Carson Pickett is a tough player and we'll put some crosses in there's, you know, there are some players that on Orlando that, have possible moments of brilliance. Haley Kottmire is a really good goalkeeper. Um, They do have some players uh, that can get down there and can make life harder. Um, And they have a lot, if they want their season to have any hope for it, they need to win. And I think now that everybody's sort of gone from them, they're going to be more motivated. Like they're going to have players who are trying to prove themselves. And that's always a dangerous position. Um, So, a team that has nothing to lose has nothing to lose. And I think they're going to go for it a hundred percent in a way that maybe they haven't up until this point. Um, so I do think it's going to be a tougher game than maybe Orlando's points and record indicate. Um, but if Utah can't score more than two goals in this game, I'm going to be incredibly disappointed.
0: Yeah, that, that would certainly be frustrating. Um, What do you think happens on the next episode of Quick Kicks if Orlando comes to Utah and gets a win?
1: I think that I'm going to have to cut like a solid 15 (laughs) minutes out of the episode of just Luis um, being insufferable. Uh, We're actually trying to figure out which day to record because he's got to go pick his wife up from the airport during our usual recording window. So, um, yeah, we have that fun to do. And I'm sure he's... It'll be interesting because he has picked against Orlando this year.
0: Yeah, I heard that.
1: So Was that the
0: North Carolina game? Which one did he pick
1: against? Uh, he picked against the North Carolina game. I want to say he picked against them the first Utah game. Um, yeah. So, yeah, he's he's not a complete show. Um, I, I have to prod and poke him a couple of times, but he's, he's a good guy. Um, but, yes, there will be much gloating if uh, Orlando ends up with a win or even a draw. I think at this point he would take a draw.
0: Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I think anything less than two point two goals would be disappointing. Um, just looking at who's, I mean, we have, um, you know, obviously key players out, they've got Morgan Krieger, Harris, Marta, Kennedy, Van Eichmann, and, um, Zdorsky, like, whereas we still have, yeah, we have Amy Rodriguez. We have Nicole Barnhart. Like that makes me feel really confident at both ends of the field. uh, field. Um, But, you know, we we have beat them already. So I think that works to our advantage. Um, I would expect a win, but I think almost more than a win, I want to see multiple goals. I want to see Stengel get a goal. I want to see Amy get a goal. I want to see Vero, you know, connect a little more. A goal from her would be awesome um yeah but any more any other thoughts on this match before we had to listen her questions
2: i agree with, i want to see a stangle just wanted to make that pun but also i think <laughs> i think it's time for her to show us katie stangle of last year and score a goal and hopefully two or three that would be great that's what i want to see
1: i do wonder if uh, Skinner's sort of inflexibility, he seems to, I this is how I want to play. These are the people I'm going to put out there to play the system, and it hasn't been working. I do wonder if sort of that inflexibility is going to bite them in the butt come this game, because now everybody is gone, basically, for them, for their national team players.
0: Well, do you think that we're seeing that kind of inflexibility from Harvey? And maybe not inflexibility, but it seems like the game plan might be the same, even with our national team players gone and is that coming off?
1: I do think there is some inflexibility there or at least some sort of, this is the system I want to play. But some of it I think is like Amy Rodriguez should be scoring more goals in the system. Like Katie Stengel should be getting better chances in the system. I do think some of it is the players are just having not good years versus the system. I think Orlando it's more the system does not suit the players. Hm. Yeah. Like Amy Rodriguez should have, should have six goals at this point. Like she has had some really great opportunities where she has just not done well.
0: How many does she have now? Four.
1: Amy Rodriguez has three goals.
0: Oh, I thought it was more interesting.
1: Mm-mm, just three.
0: Well, I'm hoping she can double that this weekend. And I feel like that's a reasonable expectation. I agree. <laughs> um, yeah, one last note on this game. Uh, I, it's not clear to me if Bowen is going to be out or not. Um, the, the club hasn't put out anything official. New Zealand hasn't either. Um, what is strange is New Zealand plays uh, on the 22nd. I think they play Mexico. Um, it would be concerning if they're going club, national team, club, national team, club again. I, I feel like that is a little bothersome that that feels like it's a youth tournament or something. Um, the U S women's national team players have been away for um, I think three or four years now. It's been a long time. <laughs> it
1: feels like it. Yeah.
0: And it's, it's strange to me. I don't know whose decision that is, but it's sort of disappointing to see that New Zealand is not, you know, I, I wouldn't really want any national team players gone as long as the U S or the u s but um, it's strange that we're not seeing them be able to be focused in their club right before the World Cup, but instead having to sort of split duty the way they're the way they're doing now
1: yeah it's it's a frustration because on one side, like I would love if the u s players were coming back for a game, but on the other side, like the World Cup is the most important thing that most of these players will ever do. So I want them focused on that. Like the club versus country split in women's soccer is a real thing. And it's a difficult one to parse sometimes.
0: Yeah. Well, um, any other thoughts on uh, the upcoming Orlando game or even the um, North Carolina game before we uh, wrap up with those in our questions?
2: I think we're ready for questions.
0: All right. So Peggy asked... Um, what returning player has surprised you the most so far this season, either for the good or otherwise? Also, do you think this week will be the week URFC scores more than one goal? I think for me, the player that has probably surprised me the most is is uh, Nicole Barnhart. I think she has just done mm-hmm. a fantastic job. Um, you know, she's kept three clean sheets already. Um, you know, she, she's only allowed three goals total like that is pretty impressive she's the oldest player in the league and is still just really um doing an excellent job and showing why she's such a valuable keeper um, and for the second question i really hope it's the week they score them more, more than one goal i think we covered that but it we need to start seeing a multiple goal games from this team
1: can I, can I cheat and say uh Mandy Laddish because I'm just happy she's able to play soccer again? Is that is that allowed?
0: That is allowed. That that's, that's allowed. not cheating
1: at all.
2: It's a very fa- very fair
1: answer. She's actually played pretty well. Like she's mm-hmm. she is somebody that if she can get eighty percent back to who she was before she got hurt, like she is an invaluable player and I am I am so glad that she's on the pitch and she's playing more and more every week.
0: Agreed. Uh, Megan, what are your thoughts on uh, what what player surprised you most this season and multiple goals next weekend?
2: Um, I'm going to start off with the easy answer. I hope we score more than one goal. I think, like you said, Lucas, very important to get a multi-goal game under our belt maybe even three. I know that's high hopes at this point, but if we can get two goals, I'll be pretty happy. Even if it's a 2-2 draw at this point, I just want to see two goals. Um, And then the player that surprised me most so far this season, I've been really impressed with Lola Bonta. She struggled a little bit against Houston at home the other day, but I've been pretty impressed with her work Mm -hmm. ethic and her, especially that first goal in the season opener. I've been pleasantly surprised with what she's returned with this year. I know she had a a rough year personally last year that might have impacted her play a little bit. I still thought she was excellent last year, but seeing how she's changed and kind of gotten into the system a little bit more this year, I've been a really big fan of hers so far. Hey, Megan.
1: Yes. What would get you more hyped? An Amy Rodriguez hat trick
2: or a Katie Stengel hat trick? Ooh, I think because the... 12 year old girl and me always loved Amy Rodriguez. Probably Amy, but I would be stoked for Katie to get a hat trick also. I'll be, I'll be, how about both of them? Can I go with that? Can we get six God. goals on Saturday? Let's just do that. You heard I it mean, here first. Or Haley Kottmeyer. Six to zero against Orlando coming to you this Saturday. <laughs> Love it. I hope. If that happens now, I'm going to go to Vegas. <laughs> Are you old enough to go to Vegas? No, I'm definitely not, but. Come October, I'll go to Vegas.
0: Actually, anyone can go to Vegas. It's a it's a city, you know.
2: But the uh, gambling
1: is what I was referencing.
0: <laughs> oh.
1: I feel like even at 30, I'm not old enough to go to some parts of Vegas. So I think yeah. there are some parts of Vegas that should be off limits to a lot of people.
0: That's valid. Uh, there, I, My mom uh, used to live in Las Vegas. My brother lives there now. It, there are parts of Las Vegas that aren't great uh kind of sketchy there are parts of vegas that are just awful to be at like the strip um and then most of it is just suburban strip mall so not my favorite town
1: (laughs) i've watched a lot of csi which originally was set in vegas so that Mm. might color my perception
0: yeah that probably is not going to give you the best impression of a city uh um, all right. So uh, last question, John asked: uh, Is Sam Johnson okay? She went down before half and did not return, even though she signaled she was okay to play. And Vincent came on in her place, played outstanding, especially considering uh, we played defensively nearly the rest of the match. I think we've covered this pretty thoroughly. Like essentially, we're just not sure if bringing taking Johnson out was a tactical one or uh, you know a concern about health. I'm hoping to find out this week. And if I do, John, I'll try to tag you on Twitter when I am, if I'm able to get that information. Great. Well, um, anything else before we wrap up uh, the show?
2: I don't think so, but I
1: love Laura Harvey has made a cooler, her throne. Uh, Every queen deserves a throne. And while it's not made of iron, uh, it's better than uh, the iron throne of
2: game of thrones. So I'll take it. Love it. And that's the best way we could end the show.
0: Yep. All right, guys. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you next week.